We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I do, my brother. I'm ready. I'm ready for the Warriors to give us another show during the NBA draft. I'm ready. Sir, how are you? I'm good. I want to give a shout out to all the Ace fans for the reverse boycott last night. I'm really bummed I could have been there, but I think they represented themselves very well. And uh, we all saw the vote results with Nevada, but my general perspective is it's not over till it's over and i'm going to keep that positive mindset going forward so i just want to throw that love out there real quick anyway we're a week away from the draft and i think it's time to focus on the shenanigans which is nba silly season you know you know what's interesting it's been a minute since the warriors have been kind of in the mix with rumors don't you feel like like the last few years um it's just like, you know, they're so low key. They don't do anything. You know, they win a title after the win title. They don't do anything. And now I feel like their name's going to start getting thrown around a little more. Maybe this is the uh, the Dunkirk era, the Dunleavy, Kirk Lake of era. Not, not oh, the- <laughs> don't do that. Dude, don't, oh, my God. The Dunkirk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it feels like this is the uh, first time we've heard the Warriors in true, true rumors since. Kaminga at seven, right? Remember, they, they felt like they were shopping the seventh or the 14th pick. Right. Two yeah. years. Two years. And then before that was the Wiseman, the second pick. Um, the Warriors were all over the place. Trade back this, stuff like that, right? So, um, But I do have this sneaky feeling, Sam, that for the first time, maybe in Steph's career, that the Warriors are actually going to be looking at moving the pick. Um, it never felt like they were going to trade down from two, even though now we look it back, they should have. Uh, it never looked like they were going to trade this seventh pick or package that for something. Looking back, they probably should have. Um, <laughs> but now it feels like, I, I got to say, with a week to go, I don't feel like they're going to use that 19th pick. I, I would be shocked to see them use that 19th pick to select someone. So maybe something different from the Dunkirks. You know, the interesting thing with the Warriors is um, they're the tone around the team is just different to me right now. Like 
usually they're they're kind of a chatty team, like a lot of gossip, a lot of whatever it may be, and a lot of like projecting confidence. Uh, and then, you know, when the punch happened uh, nine months ago, 10 months ago, whenever it was, they kind of stopped talking as much. And now we don't even know who's quote unquote in charge. Like obviously Joe Lacob's in charge, you know, like, but they, they still haven't named a GM. I'm sorry. We're a week away from the draft and no one knows who is making the pick. Um, you know, I guess Bob Myers is because his last day is until the 30th. Uh, but it, it's weird that they haven't named a successor again, you know, Slater reported it and everyone around the team has been consistent with it. Probably going to be a Dunleavy Kirk Lake of kind of type of thing, but they still haven't come out publicly and said it, you know what I'm saying? I wonder why. And it's just, you know, it, if it, it feels a little different than, Warriors teams in in past and part of me wonders if they're trying to use it to their advantage like you're saying like a little like let people guess what we want to do because like we have a good team but not a championship team but we're close to being a championship team and so it's in our best interest to kind of you know play a little poker for once instead of keeping everything close to the chest I wonder though what is just what is the strategic advantage to doing that? I mean, like mm-hmm. if you're another team, let's say you're, let's say you're Michael Winger, right, new GM of the Wizards, and, and you're looking at Terry. We're hearing Beal rumors again for the 80th time. Um, yeah, if you're like someone like every him who's been in the league every freaking every freaking other hour, you know, he's been in the league for 20, 30 years. Like he knows who to call. You know, he he knows what decision maker to reach out to if something needs to get done. So I, I'm not sure. What the advantage is there? Maybe, maybe they're trying to throw the projection out there. Projection out there that they're kind of uh, in disarray. Maybe something like that. When 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 it, I got the feeling that they're not really like I got the feeling that it's business as usual for them. I don't right. think much has changed. It feels like that doesn't feel like they're doesn't feel like behind the scenes right now. Kirk Lake up and and Dunleavy are trying to figure out what to do because Bob isn't there. Right? Like it doesn't feel like that's the type of Wait, who, who's on our team. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, it's like, do you, do you think they're having a discussion right now that it's like, oh, what is the value of Jordan Poole? Like, they know that. Like, they know that. What is the value of Kaminga sure. now? You know, someone that maybe we need to so talk let's, about let's, here. But, yeah. Well, yeah, let's talk there. So, um week away from the draft, uh, Jonathan Gavoni, Draft Express, reports in his mock draft. One, he says the Warriors are going to take Jed Howard. That's Jawan Howard's son. Blah, blah, oh, blah. Wow. He's oh. been kind of in the mix of potential names, uh, classic player that you will like, who will not see the floor for two years. Mm. But the, the last line of his, his warriors segment is the interesting one. Sources tell ESPN warriors are also exploring the option of acquiring a high draft pick in exchange for a young prospect such as Jonathan Kuminga. So potentially shopping Kuminga to move up in the draft. It's a little little tasty nugget there. What's your, what's your first impression? That's a shocker to me. Yeah, my initial. I mean, I, I woke up and I already gotten fifteen texts from you about this, so I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Um, kind of blew my mind though, Sam. I, I'm sure you have a you have a t- you have a more nuanced take to me, but to me, it just I'm, it blew my mind. It blows my mind that the first first look at this is that the Warriors are coming in the draft and saying we're going to trade the kid that's super raw, very talented. 20 years old, and we're going to try to trade him and the 19th pick for a higher pick to draft someone presumably super talented and probably pretty raw. 
first thought? My first thought is they're pulling a Leo DiCaprio. You know, hey, it's time. I get younger. <laughs> um, no, no. Um, I get older, but they stay the same. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> something someone connected said to me, and it's always stuck in my head. Sam sources. If if there's ever a leak regarding a trade, free agency, or interest, just assume the most cynical possible outcome and you figured out who's putting it out there because none of this shit gets to the surface unless it's someone trying to manipulate public perception um so with that said i'm sitting here going who benefits from that publicly being put out there is it the warriors does it benefit the warriors to put out noise that you know hey guys kuminga could have them for top 10 pick or does this benefit Jonathan Kuminga's agent who's trying to get his client somewhere he can get 30 minutes a game so he can get $100 million? Fair enough. I don't know. I can make the case for both. But when I read a leak like that, knowing how newsbreakers and everything work, part of me is cynically thinking who's, who, whose position? You know, you're a succession guy. How does this help my position? You know? Who's who's the person who's benefiting most from something like this coming out? I don't imagine it helping Kaminga. I just, you know, yeah. if he wanted to be out of there, I, I would assume he'd back or just tell our our guys Dunkirk, the, the duel, the fantastic duel over there, that, that he wants out. Don't know how Team it would Dunkirk. help. Yeah, I don't know how it would help them. Maybe it helped the Warriors because teams read that because teams read everything and maybe the the seventh pick goes oh shit we were talking to the warriors and maybe the team that has a ninth pick comes in and says okay here's our offer right maybe we want to we we like kaminga maybe we want to move back to 19 and we want to take kaminga type of thing the other thing maybe we take it as face value maybe the warriors do want to get off kaminga why would the warriors want to get off kaminga Let's let's well, just talk through it. But like, if you're if you're the Warriors, because I can think of a couple of reasons. But right. why would you want to move off of Kaminga today? I think he had all in all a, a solid second year with a very disappointing end to the year in the playoffs. Yeah, I think the first reason would be that he doesn't fit the team, right? Whatever that means. But at least he doesn't fit the team within the next three years. So let's assume Steph Draymond's back the next three years and, you know, Clay Thompson, I, I think Clay's going to sign an extension for a lot less money. So let's say you've got those three guys for the next three, four years. He doesn't fit the team because he wants to be the guy. We've had this discussion many times. He wants, to, he wants to have the ball in his hands. He wants to score 20 points, however inefficiently he wants to do it. He wants to be able to make $100 million on his next contract. He'll figure out the rest later. Kind of like Andrew Wiggins, kind of like Aaron Gordon, two guys that we've seen now become championship role players. But first, they've had to fail as the first option. The second option is... Maybe the Warriors just don't want to pay a guy. Maybe they just want to reset the clock. That's know. the that's the one. So I think the, I think the two go hand in hand, and I think it's important to to think about that. He's entering year three. Rookie deals are four years. You kind of have to know by the middle of this upcoming season. Is this our starting four, three, whatever it may be? Um, you know, from 25 to 2025, 2030, is this our guy? Or 
do we want to go in a different direction? Like we saw with Wiseman, I'm not convinced they wouldn't have just kept the Wiseman experiment going if he didn't just start getting expensive and they're sitting here going, all right, let's be honest. It's going to probably still be two more years till he can probably be useful. Uh, and it's going to cost us another, you know, 25 million times five with the tax to even figure it out. Meanwhile, there's no minutes for him. Like you just start doing all these things. And you're sitting here going, might as well just move him because it's, it's illogical. Um, and unlike Wiseman, Kuminga's actually proven he could give you like 20 regular season minutes, you know, maybe 50, like on a consistent basis. But everything is under the veil of like, by the time he gets to the end of the rookie contract, you're going to have to give him a lot of money or you're going to lose him for nothing. So you better, you better feel very good that this is one of your guys, you know? Uh, and maybe getting ahead of it, maybe being like, maybe we can take advantage of a team. Maybe, maybe everyone thinking Steve Kerr's an idiot works to our advantage. You know, like maybe, maybe people think in the warriors are bad at development and we, you know, maybe, maybe we can get ahead of them and that sort of thing. Like I, to me, I think the thing I like about it is I'd rather see them explore everything and then rather than be closed minded because they're not good enough to be closed minded right now. If I told you that they could trade that pick and get a Thompson twin at 20 years old <laughs> and and how old is Kaminga? About the same age, right? It's not like Kaminga's 23 years old. Maybe you're another team. You're like, well, I'd like him more. And we can get the 19th overall pick. And if you're the Warriors, you don't got to pay a Thompson. You don't got to pay Osar or Amen. Hopefully I'm saying those names right. For another four years. I mean, I could see that. I can see that. It's a little. If they end up, if they end up with a Thompson twin, I would be so upset. You know, um, I don't know anything about them. You're not, you're not a fan. They seem they seem like Kaminga. They seem like new Kaminga. Just of the prospects in the top, they they seem among the rost. You know, it'd be an, it'd be another great prospect Perfect. for a bunch of eighteen year olds to start yelling at us that we hate kids. You know, that sort of thing. <sighs> Why don't they just draft Chris Murray? You know, he he's old, <laughs> you know, and just he like like his brother. He, he could probably shoot a little bit. I assume he plays exactly the same. Just get him. Sounds good. There is uh, another option. There is another option. And you you mentioned okay. this with with the uh you mentioned this this morning. You you mentioned another option with the why they're doing this. There there is a way that they move these things for or in a blockbuster trade, right? Yeah. Do, do you think that's possible? I do. I mean, I think if you look at the Wiseman trade, um they wanted to trade Wiseman for a player who could help them now. Nobody who had players who could help them now wanted James Wiseman. Uh, so they had to get creative with it. Uh, they had, you know, our friend Mike Dunleavy had to call up Detroit, get Sadiq Bay, trade Sadiq. You know, he had to call up our friend Grant Liffman, get Sadiq Bay to Atlanta, get some picks. And then with those picks, he was able to get Gary Payton the second. And obviously, GP2 had an injury and whatever. Ignore all that. The point is, d there are some teams who would rather, like, if you're talking about making a trade for a star or let's just say a solid veteran, an OG and Nobi, like, is OG a star? No, but OG's no. a damn good player that everyone wants, right? Um, maybe Masai values the 10th pick over Kuminga. 
You know, like those are the type of things that like maybe maybe that's going into it. And maybe the Warriors are just doing this exercise to see if they can read people's hands to see like, oh, is this more interesting to you or is this more interesting to you? Because it doesn't really matter to us. We're just trying to get to that guy, you know, like that sort of thing. And I think we're going to get quite frankly, like the draft's a week away. Uh, We're going to get a lot of this till then. And then from the draft until free agency, which is a week or 10 days after that, like it's going to, it's going to get very loud. And I don't know where the word is going to land with this, but I think it's, I think they're going to be in the mix big time. A lot of this stuff coming out. I I can't imagine them standing pat anymore. And you just brought up the trade deadline, which I think is a great point there. The Warriors are so used to standing pat at trade deadlines. They're still used to standing pat during the NBA draft. Even a free agency, I mean, the, the KD thing, sure, everybody would do that. But just they, they're they reticent to, I think, always making a big, splashy move because most of the time those moves don't work. But I, I mean, I, right? And now, the, now that the Bob era is over, we, we could be straight. Bob's, Bob's pragmatic. It works for him. They didn't, they didn't make moves unless there were home runs, and then he Correct. trusted his ability to like cultivate something internally. I don't know that Dunleavy and Kirk operate that way. You know, like you, you assume it's going to be business as usual, but it might not. Maybe, maybe, maybe Dunleavy is a little more aggressive. You know, like it, anyone who says they know is lying to you. You know, like you can know what type of players he likes and what he values, but you don't know until the man is in the hot seat. Is he going to be the guy who's closing deals all the time, or is he going to be the guy who passes on deals and trusts building other ways? You know, because like Bob, I mean, Bob made three trades that mattered in his 10 years, and that's all it took. That's all it took. I got Iguodala, I got KD, I got Wiggins. Four. You know, do our, do our, do our Clay Thompson one? No. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's no. like his thing, right? You know, that's, that doesn't mean everyone's going to do business that way. That's not the only way to be successful. That's just the way he did it. You know? Also, it doesn't mean that that's the best path forward for the Warriors at this point, because they are in a different stage where they may need to, they may need to take a different type of home run swing with Jordan Poole's contract. Now it gets a little weird because you do hear that Mike Dunleavy is the guy that was there drafting Jordan Poole. So maybe he's got an affinity for him, right? That type of stuff. And so now, now we're just kind of guessing, but I would imagine that a lot of balls in the air. I just can't see them using that 19th pick, man. And But I also can't see them trading up and using that pick to draft. I mean, I'm looking at the draft board. I'm like, what are they going to oh, draft? Anthony, Anthony, Anthony Black. Black. That's my I'm guy. Looking at that's him. Okay. That's, that's, uh, that's, I'll put it this way. That's an Andy Lou player. That's a, uh, the comps are just Livingston, Tyrese Halliburton, Iguodala, just that type of player. Santa Cruz is going to love the way he connects you know, Lester Quinones and, uh, those, yeah, he, he's a one and done, but like, I would bet every dollar he's a winning player on someone's team in the wow. future. Wow. But anyway. Wow. So you, you take him over. I mean, look, there's the Derek lively here. I've been reading up a little, like look like a raw center. Sounds, sounds like some warriors one. Um, so I, just, I will, I will be passing on that one. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, it will be a little shocking if the warriors trade up guy that they invested two years of development into for another guy that they I start that start just, back at start back at square one. Yeah. I'm, especially I'm in the twilight years of Steph. Now that Steph has essentially come out, which he has never done to say like, hey, we want to run this back. Running this back doesn't mean we're running back to two timelines. You know what I mean? It's not what he's trying to run back. And like my whole thing is like I'll I'll try to be op- more open minded. Like I don't care if they make a draft pick. What I care about is like 
I can't have five guys on the roster under 21. Three's okay, you know? But, like, so if you're going to make the pick, but then maybe you're going to trade Kuminga and Rollins for someone who can help you now, like, that's fine by me, you know? Okay. You kind of have to – you have to balance both things. Like, you can't have a roster of all guys over 30, and you can't have a roster of all guys under 21, you know? Um, So, like, I'm I'm not going to be mad in one way or another, but, like, all of it matters just in the context of, like, getting to the final roster, right? How old yeah. is someone in the chat goes? How old is Anthony Lamb? He's the correct age. No, <laughs> twenty-five. It is. It is a little from a roster construction perspective. They need to figure the the Jordan Poole stuff out. It is just that's deep, and I say this every show. And I think that's now that we're a week away, they've got to figure that out. They've got to. They can't. They can't. They can't run it back with him bitching and moaning on the bench. They just can't. Just Maybe can't. they can't. Maybe, what if what if Maybe I they will you, right? Maybe they will, but what if I told you riddance. I think they can't run it back with Poole and Kaminga? If one of them is moved for an adult, now you're talking about a rotation with just one dude who's who's got to get it, you know, who's got to kind of like grow. See, he, here's my problem. Because I, my problem. I, I yeah. Let me finish my thought. Yeah, my my, sorry, my yeah, thought yeah. here is I feel like the kids outnumbered the adults this year. You know, um, you ever been to like a daycare where like there's like too many kids? That's what it felt like. You got to get the ratio back. So, you know, they understand you speak out. Draymond's coming. <laughs> but like, you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sorry for cutting you off. What are you saying? I, I don't. I disagree. I think it has to be pool because he's the one that wants to close. He's the one that's paid. And he's the one that shouldn't close. Like I can see the I can see Kaminga developing into someone that can close for the Warriors. He's a he could be a two way threat. Dude's a monster on defense. Could be a monster on defense. Say the shot he keeps getting better, right? We talked about that. In theory, but, he can rebound. In th- yeah, in theory. But so you look that, at Jordan Poole. It's like I, I get how good he is and how good he can be, but you're not closing. We can't have Steph and Poole and Clay closing to get. It's the not position. Happening. It's a position issue. Really? Yeah. yeah, really. And and a lot of this isn't about Jordan, but it is because he wants to start. He wants to close, which is fair. What if blah, blah, what if blah, Clay? Blah. What if Clay needs to grow up and learn to rebound? You know, the guy that's thirty three. You know, at this point, I think is probably not going to change too much. Um, Claybrook, no, <laughs> I think it's probably not changing too much. Um, I, and then I think that's why they, what they've got to figure out. And also, I think if you're trading one or the other, maybe if you're a, a younger franchise, you probably are okay taking a ch- like he's more of the known value, right? You could probably mm-hmm. say I'm getting a, I'm getting a 22 year old, 23 year old kid that can average 20 points. Like it's not. I don't I'm know. Maybe he has you... more. Do you think he has more value? I feel like he has more value. Uh, Kaminga has more value, in my opinion. Mm. And my 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 logic is. Uh, he hasn't been paid. So the team acquiring him is like, we're going to give him run and then we can sign him to the contract. We want to sign him to this is six, seven, like top 1% athlete can do all these things. Like, yes, he's not finished product, but like those guys are hard to find, right? Like it's just reality. Um, I think he's probably more attractive in a trade than Jordan Poole, who got a big contract and quite frankly played his worst basketball 
uh, leading into it, right? Like you're not, I think Jordan's significantly better than what he showed in the playoffs, but what he showed in the playoffs is the last thing anyone saw. So it doesn't matter what he did last play the playoffs before what matters is this one. He sucked. So this week's light years podcast is brought to you by bird dogs. Bird dogs make you look good. Bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. I just got some pairs and let me tell you, little skeptical, tried them on a hundred times better than I could have ever imagined. Just the like, I will be wearing nothing else all summer. Unbelievable. Sam is Fendiari, Bird Dogs. So, where can you get it? Go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter promo code pool, P O O L, for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool, P O O L, for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, let's let's get to the Wizards a little bit. I think you're you're bringing up the other side of this, which like ultimately, look, would it shock me if the Warriors wanted to add another kid? No, they seem to love doing that stuff. Um, but I think the bigger thing is they're I feel like they're trying to wheel and deal and see what's out there for them, right? Like at a high level. And you mentioned the Wizards and Michael Winger. And we got a little news today. Friend of the show, Shams Charania reporting that the Wizards are looking to move Bradley Beal. Finally. How many episodes have we done about Bradley Beal? I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of Bradley Beal. Way more. Way more. 25. Do you think you've podcasted for over a full day's worth of content about Bradley Beal? I've talked myself in on Bradley Beal. I've talked myself out on Bradley Beal. I've hedged on Bradley Beal. It's, I've had every possible take about Bradley Beal. Is he finally gone? Is he truly, truly finally gone, Samuel? The way it's being reported, there's a, a, it seems like he's gone. New management in town. They want to do the teardown that the Wizards should have done three years ago, five years ago, ten, like literally my whole lifetime. It, they, they need to do this. And I'll tell you what's interesting about this whole thing. Windhorst reporting that he thinks Bradley Beal is going to be moved for very low value. I'm going to share this tweet right now with our friends in the chat. goes, if Bradley Beal gets traded between now and next Thursday, I think people are going to be very surprised at the price. Potentially how low it's going to be because that contract is not attractive. To put it into context, he is owed Steph Curry money for the next four years. Disgusting. And I think you, me, the chat, the listeners, everyone is in agreement. He is not Steph Curry. Disgusting. (laughs) Disgusting. (laughs) Horrifying. Terrifying contract that Bradley Beal is on. Um, It makes a lot of sense that Bradley Beal waited and waited and waited and never asked out because uh, he just wanted to get paid. Just wanted to get and, paid the maximum amount that he could from the Wizards. And he has a no trade clause, so he can kind of screw at the Wizards to lower the price. The Wizards are well, a joke. Well, that's what I mean. 
winger didn't sign these things. So yeah, right. like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's going to be a great executive or not, but like he's walking into the office day one and he's just walking around the office being like, what is this? I got to get out of this. Gotta move on. <laughs> you know, I'd imagine he took the job understanding that, Hey, I'm going to get a couple years of grace. Cause I got to get rid of these contracts. Right. <laughs> I imagine he negotiated a five to seven year contract. Cause he's looking at this and going, Brother, we're in the we're in seed round right now. We're not, we're not even serious, you know. It's just it's early. No man, they it's got a early. Of they don't even have the idea seed round. They don't even have an idea of what they want to do. They, they they're, 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 they're they're holding ideation sessions. <laughs> what is the value proposition of of the Washington Wizards right now? What are we doing here? This week's Light Years podcast brought to you by Game Time. Last month, Sam, I was in New York and I wanted to catch my first ever Yankee Stadium game. Went to it last second. The app that I used to buy the tickets was Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, all the above. The Game Time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time will actually credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without distress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Light Years, L Y G H T Y E R S, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account and redeem code LIGHTYEARS for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Do you think the Wizards, I mean, sorry, the Wizards, do you think the Warriors should explore the Bradley Beal? I have a trade for you. Oh my goodness. Would you trade Clay Thompson and Jonathan Kuminga or Moses Moody for? Bradley Beal, because I think that's about as good a trade as they're going to get. Clay Thompson represents an expiring contract. In other words, saving them hundreds of millions of dollars. And they get a young prospect, um, you know, who's good uh, for them to explore. Would you, if you're Joe Lacob or Kirk Lacob or Mike Dunleavy or Kent Lacob, or any other like a want to do that trade. I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't just because, you know, people who listen to the Light Years podcast know me very well. I, I don't. I'm going to hang on to the the winning vets uh, to the last my last dying breath. Um, no matter what, I will I will keep them just on that. I wouldn't want to trade Clay Thompson other than the fact that shit. Clay Thompson might still be a better player at this age. Um, the second part is. Now you've got Beal's contract on the books. Right. So now you've got Beal's contract and Paul's contract on the books. And then you trade your best trade chip, in your opinion, and Jonathan Kaminga to get a guy, number three, who we have no idea is actually a winning player or not. So, no, I, w- I wouldn't do that trade. Now, if you were to ask me, Jordan Poole and Kaminga, maybe. But no, definitely not Clay and Kaminga. Uh, definitely not Clay and Kaminga. Would you? Uh, no, nah, no, nah, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it because, and that contract sucks. I think as 
let's put it this way. Clay's uh, not a 40 plus million dollar player. I'll be the first to say that. But I think you're going to be able to re-sign him at a number that's actually value positive going forward. And I don't really care what any player makes in the sense of like, it's not my money. I don't care. What I care about is, does it restrict the Warriors' ability to build a roster? That's what I care about, right? And I think the Warriors are it, – it's going to be a tough offseason this summer because of the money they're, they've promised to Clay and to other players. Um, but they have, they're, they're like a summer away from actually getting the books in a pretty reasonable spot to be able to add talent to the team. Why would you ruin that by bringing in Bradley Beal, who – Like Bradley Beal, like that's a good op- – that's a good, like Houston Rockets are a good target, right? Like you get Bo and Harden, so you get two guys who don't give a shit about winning, but they can both average thirty points. They can live in the city of Houston. It's great. Like that is a perfect scenario, perfect <laughs> scenario. And let me take you a step further. I actually think this player would be good for the Warriors, but let, let's say you bring in Siakam, and let's say it doesn't work. He's a free agent. You know, you can move in a different direction. You bring in Bradley Beal, and it doesn't work. It's a lot of Bradley Beal you're holding on to for the next four years, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, at least at least with like other trade options, you have a kind of like try it before you buy it period. And, and I don't know how much that matters, but like when you're getting like if you bring in Bradley Beal and it doesn't work and they're just like, you know, the nice version of, of Dame and CJ and you're stuck for a long time, like you're screwed. You're screwed. It's over. You're not getting out of it. Steph's going to just become late career Kobe doing like retirement tours, shooting 30 footers on in losses. Like no, no, no one wants to watch that. You know, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. I mean, I would, but like, that's not, that's not the, that's not the future I'm uh, hoping for. Right. Like I I think, I think the guy has at least three years in him. So, um, you know, that's, I'm, I'm saying no. Now there is another wizards player who, was in the rumors today. So everyone yeah. assumes the Wizards are going to tear it down and move towards a rebuild. And there's another guy in the Wizards who is in the news here today too. So Keith Smith, um, noted cap reporter, uh, does stuff from Sportac and some other sources, uh, notes today something that's picking up more and more buzz. Kristaps Porzingis opting in to his 36 million with the wizards under the old free aid front office. The assumption was Porzingis would opt out, re-sign for a long-term deal with the wizards. He may now just take the money and hit free agency. And let me just add to this. If he opted out, the warriors would have no Avenue to acquire him. They can't really do a sign and trade. He's a free agent. They can only throw a minimum. He's definitely better than the minimum player. If he opts in, they could do a trade because he's on the last year's contract and then they can extend him. So players who are opting into the last year, such as him, Siakam, OG, those type of guys, those are legit trade targets you can consider. And what we, given what we know about the Wizards, which is they're going into a rebuild mode, does someone like a Porzingis who, you know, it's a lot of money, $36 million for Porzingis, but he's a free agent. You could resign him at a figure that's a little better. Does something like that excite you? Now we're talking ball. <laughs> now it feels like we're talking ball. I don't know how good he is. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. And 
say I watch Washington Wizards games. Maybe we'll get the uh, Andrew Sharp guest appearance here in the next week if this trade does happen. But uh, theoretically, he fits. He's a great three-point shooter for his size. The Warriors are missing a stretch center now. Are they missing like a stretch center that's a starter? Maybe maybe not. Maybe they just kind of need one that's a rotation player. But he's definitely good enough to to be a, a like a all star ish type. You know, think Andrew Wiggins kind of before he went to the Warriors type of guy. Um, how good is he on defense, Sam? I don't know. You tell me. How good is he on defense? But theoretically, that's someone that he's can tall. close. <laughs> yeah, right. He has a beard now, so maybe he's you know, he's a little more rugged than what he used to be coming into the league. I know he had a really good last season, but I think theoretically you can close with Kristaps Porzingis, right? You can put him next to Draymond Green and say, now that's a guy that you have. You can't play three on five anymore against Steph. The other question, though, is who are you going to trade? Wow. Look at that. You literally read my mind. Read my mind. So in this scenario, you're saying the Warriors will be coming off Jordan Poole, which you know, maybe it's a guy that they build around along with whoever they, the Wizards, right? Whoever they draft, right? Maybe that's the next Bradley Beal. But you also threw in Kaminga for one year of Kristaps Porzingis, which I think is interesting. So that's a lot, I think. It's a, it's a it's year. a it's a expensive trade. But here here hear me out on this one. Okay. You're getting. You would only do this if you're the Warriors, if you could get Kristaps for four to five years. He's 27 years old. He'll be 28 next season. In theory, you're getting him from age 28 to 32 which is the sweet spot of any player's career. That's a Wiggins range. Um, You only do this if you've worked out an extension for him. Okay. Yeah, maybe maybe picks are involved, something like that. Honestly, I don't know how I feel, quite frankly, by this, but like it's a it works money wise and it's a logical talking point, starting point for a trade. I think it's interesting because he's not the perfect four or five for the Warriors. Like he's more of a drop big, you know. Like he's he's huge. He can block shots, but like he's not going on the perimeter dancing, right? That sort of thing. But offensively, oh, oh man, God. Oh I mean, God. <laughs> he can shoot from everywhere. Good enough passer to play with the Warriors. He's also at the right stage in his career to play with the Warriors system. Um, people are saying PBJ in the chat. Like you hope PBJ gets this level over time. I think the the Warriors starting five with. Uh, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Porzingis would be unguardable. Literally unguardable. Like, it's better than with Otto. Um, and, you know, y- you would need to fill out your bench. You'd need to figure some things out. But I I think if you were under the impression you could re-sign him at a number below that one and kind of – so it makes it easier for you to keep Clay and Draymond and all that stuff going forward, it's kind of interesting. Kind of interesting to me. Another thing about him, and Karima brings this out in the chat. Uh, she says he just doesn't say healthy, which is true. Just true. Um, played 65 games last season, which is actually a healthy season for him. Um, before that, he hadn't played more games than that since the first two seasons of his career, 60, uh, 72 and 66. So he's had a lot of injuries, um, but maybe you, you're gambling on him kind of like figuring out his body, figuring out the NBA grind and saying like, Hey, he's going to be ready to play 65 to 70 games from here on forward. Right. Maybe he just kind of wasn't ready for the NBA at that young of an age. Um, but again, like you're saying, assuming that he is as good I and mean, he shot 38.5% from three, he's a 36% shooter, three point shooter for his career. But last year he was really good. Um, he also like, I mean, mid range post up, like he can shoot from, 
it, it's like Kevin Durant where you can't look at the percentage. And obviously not that good a shooter, but like he can he can shoot from everywhere on the court, right? Like, and I think that matters more in the playoffs than we give it credit for. Like part of the Steph Clay value proposition is like, okay, you ran them off the three-point line. They'll hit the mid-range. They'll do everything, right? You know, like it, your ability to shoot from every spot in the court matters. Steph has said that the Warriors didn't have enough counters, which, I mean, you can imagine what that means. It basically means I'm the only one that can fucking score at all three levels on this team. Um, the only the, the pushback that I have on this trade, I think, which is, I, I mean, I'd be sitting here if this happened next Thursday, I'd be clapping all smiles, right? If this happened, I'd be pretty happy. But the only thing I'd be a little hesitant on is, I think when you're looking at packaging Jordan Poole and Kaminga and picks, I want someone that's a little bit more proven, and that's why Pascal Siakam's name keeps coming up again. He's like he's like the North Star. I think like that's if you're a Warriors fan, that's that's who you want. He might not even be on the trade market, knowing Masai Ujiri, but at least we know Pascal Siakam is a proven monster in the postseason. Whereas with Porzingis, it's the same thing with Wiggins. Like, is he gonna be good? Is isn't that why? Isn't that why it feels more attainable? Because like Wiggins. Yes. It feels like you're buying. I know you're you're buying a top five pick, who hasn't lived up, but like you know, there's talent there. Like that's the that's a, that's a that's the Steve Kerr sweet spot right there. It it is, and I mean it. It is the winning player sweet spot. I mean, not even like Aaron Gordon. Denver Nuggets yeah. just won a championship. They got Aaron Gordon, and he's. I mean, you could argue the third best player on that team is better than Michael Porter Jr., right? He, he's he's definitely not better than the top two guys, but third best player. I mean, he did what he did what Wiggins did. He took advantage of Literally, exact their stars. Okay, all right, we're gonna do anything but let Jamal cook us. And he's like, all right, I'll, I'll get twenty five. I got you. You know, so I would be happy if the Warriors make this trade, but I, I would have concerns. I mean, I, I can't imagine that you don't have concerns going to this, but um. Do you think the Warriors are asking around about Porzingis, though? Like, seriously asking, not just like, oh, I'm just making calls. Like, do you think they're actually like, like this really debate about this Porzingis thing? Because he he is that type of softer big man that, you know, maybe Draymond Green doesn't like so much, you know, like a Car Anthony Towns. Yeah, he's he's not offensively, he's the player the Warriors tend to to want. Defensively, to date, he's not, but I think the thing that the Warriors are big on is like trying to find guys that uh, maybe might be over undervalued a little bit, right? Like, I don't want to say, I don't want to say he's undervalued. Like no one knows who he is, but like, this is a guy who, you know, when he was drafted, people thought he was like the next coming of something. And he clearly is not right. Like he's just a good player. And, and, and that might be an opportunity for them. So I don't know. I, the only thing I can tell based off of leaks and everything going forward is, Feels like they're a little more aggressive than they've been in the past. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's a, you know, if nothing else, like I'm interested to see where this lands. You still got to pay him a hundred plus million dollars though. Like he's not signing for 20 million a year for Zingas, right? He's in the prime. Like I'd imagine he wants 30. I'd imagine he wants. I don't know. Maybe maybe you can, maybe you can retain him for what Wiggins got. You know, maybe, maybe that's like, these are all like, you know, if I told you resigning him was in Wiggins' range, how would you feel? He'd be like, it's fine. I mean, I, uh, I mean, 27 million. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. The Warriors stole Wiggins. I mean, I think he sure. was fine with it. Wiggins was fine with it, but 
Um, anyway, I, I, I'm in on that. I'm in on that move. I'm okaying that move. I'm green lighting it. Now we just got to go tell Dunleavy and uh, our guy's Dunkirk. We'll get this baby done. Dunkirk? Yes, Are we sir. sticking with the Dunkirk nickname? You said it first, dude. I'm going with it. It's, it's all mine. Dunkirk. I say we end it here. We will be back. I think we'll do more episodes next week. It could be draft week. We got special guests coming on. We got, we got a lot of stuff. Appreciate everyone of you guys.